Welcome back to the Leaders Invest podcast. We're your hosts, Katie and Jordan. And today we're bringing you something just a little bit different. Instead of talking about our own stories, we want to tell you guys some of our campus's stories. Mark and Elizabeth have joined us on the podcast again to tell us about Michigan's most famous myths and legends. Thanks for joining us again. We're so glad neither of you are so sick of us yet that you would come back and join us on the podcast. Or at least you haven't admitted it yet, but that's okay. At the end of last episode, I mentioned we'd be talking about perhaps Michigan's most well-known legend, the Block M on the Diag. The Diag is one of my favorite places to people watch, especially when it's snowing, because people will usually walk all the way around the Diag to avoid stepping on the M in the middle. Mark, why might people do that? Excellent question, Jordan. Uh, And if you've been on a campus tour before or know anything about Michigan tradition, you've probably heard this story before. But there is a curse that comes along with that block M that says if you step on the block M at the middle of the diag, you will fail your first blue book exam. Uh, This is Michigan speak for your first written exam, and obviously no one wants that. Thankfully, there is a way to avoid the curse. If you run from the steps of the Hatcher Graduate Library all the way down to the Natural History Museum, kiss the two pumas outside the Natural History Museum, respectfully, and then run back to the Hatcher Graduate Library all while the Burton Bell Tower strikes midnight, you will be free of the curse. Oh, and you have to do it naked. So obviously, you don't want to be naked because it's a crime, and also because of city ordinance, uh, the Burton clock tower actually doesn't strike past 10 p.m., so you might be out of luck. None of us are certified Mythbusters here, so we can't say whether or not this curse is worth testing. Uh, We would say to be cautious, like most Michiganders when you come to campus. But yes, in the winter months when the Diag is covered with snow, everyone walks a clear circle around that block M to make sure no one is cursed for their blue book exams. I remember the first time I actually came to visit the university with my dad, who I've talked about on past podcasts, is an alum of the university. And as we walked through the Diag, I told him that I wasn't going to step on the M because when I was a student here one day, I didn't want to fail my first blue book exam or be in the situation where I had to run at a pace faster than most people can run naked with no chimes of midnight to actually run between. So it's a really good thing that... I had my wits about me and my dad had shared that information with me and I never stepped on that M. I do want to say another very easy way to reverse the curse, more or less, is to just take green book exams. A green book exam is exactly the same thing as a blue book, except the paper is made from recycled paper. So you're really doing two good things at once. You're not going to fail an exam if you do step on the M and also you're using recycled paper. But our Block M is not only known for causing stress prior to exams, we also have a pretty fun tradition that takes place every fall during our football season when Michigan's football team competes against that other Michigan school over in East Lansing. Lisbeth, give us all the details on this friendly little tradition that we have every rivalry week in the fall. A few years back, that other Michigan school took things a little too far and vandalized our Block M, but since that event, a UMish fraternity camps out on the Block M for the entirety of the rivalry week. In a charity event that they call Defend the Diag, brothers in the fraternity will camp out on the Diag over the Block M. They set up a tent and they eat, sleep, and live out there to ensure that our Block M remains free of green graffiti. Since this began, we actually haven't had any more problems. So shout out to the Diag defenders for their UMish pride and for raising money for a good cause. And just so you know, We would never go so far as to have Michigan students vandalize anything on their campus, but I'm going to ask that you just take my word for that 
and don't look it up and fact check me. But anyway, just off the Diag, you'll find the Engineering Arch, which takes us out of the world of rivalries and back into the world of campus legends. Lisbeth, what's so special about this seemingly ordinary archway that we've all walked through countless times during our Michigan careers? So the Engineering Arch actually, back in the day, used to separate the two campuses of Michigan, only then it wasn't just the hill in the central campus neighborhood. Those neighborhoods were actually divided by gender. Men were actually on Central, while women were more on the hill in dorms like Markley. But before curfew, couples would meet at the Engineering Arch and have one last kiss before they would head back to their dorms on their respective campuses. Obviously, campus is no longer separated in that way anymore, but perhaps there is. this is a good time to note that there are all-female dorms. I actually did live in one. However, you are not required to live in all-female dorms. I had a great experience, but that is just a nice little tidbit of information to give you guys. The legend these days is that at midnight, if you kiss someone under that very engineering arch, you guys are destined to get married. Yeah, take this as anecdotal evidence, but I have a friend whose sister just got married, and while that sister was a student at Michigan, her and her boyfriend actually kissed under the arch at midnight. Keep in mind that if you do kiss someone under the engineering arch at midnight and you guys do get married, the University of Michigan is not liable for any wedding or divorce fees that may incur as a result of this incident. And if any of our listeners today do end up getting married because they kissed under that very engineering arch, we are absolutely expecting an invitation to the wedding. That's one for each of us, Jordan, Lisbeth, Mark, and Katie. We are so excited to be at your wedding celebrating you. And if anyone is looking for a future invitation to my wedding, feel free to let me know if you have anyone in mind that might like to meet me under the engineering arch. Okay, Jordan, please let me know how that goes for you. Wow. Uh, You know, Katie, if there's anything that's gotten me through this crazy year, it's your endless encouragement. So I appreciate you. But isn't this the part where you're supposed to be talking about the fountain? Yeah, sorry, I I really couldn't help myself there. Anyway, I do think that one of my favorite traditions here at Michigan is one that begins at your freshman orientation and doesn't end until you graduate from Michigan. Just past our Diag, next to the Burton Memorial Tower, we have this huge fountain that looks right at Rackham Graduate School. And during your orientation, you will walk through that fountain in the direction of our undergraduate campus or toward the Diag. You will look really silly, I'm not gonna lie. Your orientation leader will tell you to take your shoes off and roll your pants up and walk through the water. And you will question it because I questioned it and every other student questions it, but it's a very fun tradition uh, just to walk through that fountain before starting your undergraduate career. And then when you graduate, you actually walk through that same fountain again, but in the opposite direction, facing Rackham Graduate School to represent the end of your undergraduate career and going out into the world, taking that Michigan degree and doing all the amazing things that you're going to do. I'm excited to complete that tradition this year when I graduate in just a few short weeks. That is one of my favorite traditions and I know so many students love doing that. Thank you so much, Katie, for the additional reminder that we're graduating in a few weeks because that was exactly the kind of stress and sadness that I needed tonight. Um, But of course, it's also exciting in so many ways. And for those of you all that tuned in last week, you heard Sam talk about how even in the middle of COVID, she and her housemates were able to make that fountain tradition happen on her graduation day. So yes, like Katie said, it'll feel a little bit silly, but 
definitely make the most of it and start putting your best foot forward, excuse the pun, by walking through the fountain as you start your Michigan career. We've talked a lot about some of our campus myths that a lot of us know, but there are a handful that not a lot of us know. And maybe you're one of those people where paranormal activity is a little bit more your style. That definitely means that you and I are not the same person, but it means that you might enjoy these campus ghost stories. Well, I'll be muting my audio so I can sleep tonight, just like I always found a convenient excuse not to go on the ghost tours when my middle school soccer club team would travel for tournaments. If ghost stories are your thing, take a listen. Thanks to the Michigan Daily, we've got some great unlimited access to Ann Arbor's most fearsome ghosts and ghouls. So feel free to check out the Michigan Daily story, A Haunting in Ann Arbor, for more information. First, the story of two exchange students with the same spooky roommate. In 2005, a foreign exchange student from Japan spent her semester in Ann Arbor recovering from a run-in with a ghost. Late at night, the student walked into her bedroom at her host family's house and was greeted by the apparition of a dying old man. Eerily enough, the same thing happened exactly a year earlier with another foreign exchange student from Japan. The owner of the home claims that the ghost described to her by these two students looks just like the house's previous resident. Apparently, this man suffered an asthma attack and died in that very room. Now we turn to a story that's a little more sinister and dates back to the early 1800s in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The Mulholland Murders. When James Mulholland, a resident of nearby Dixboro, suffered the loss of his wife, brother, and sister-in-law, the town rushed to his support. It wasn't until a newcomer Isaac Van Wert investigated the murders that the truth was revealed. Through apparition. After Van Wert thought the sudden deaths of these three individuals were suspicious, he began doing research into the causes of their deaths. It was then that the ghost of James's wife, Martha, appeared to him with a message. They robbed me little by little until they killed me. Now he has got it all. The ghost told Van Wert, according to an arbitrary ghost. James, James, yes, James has got it at last, but it won't do him long. While ghost testimony doesn't stand up in court, the frightening vision was enough to run James Mulholland out of town and Van Wert's family, too. Okay, I don't know about you all, but I am seriously spooked and want to give a big thank you to Mark for sharing that story and also giving it some life. So thank you, Mark. I can't make any promises that you all will encounter ghosts on campus, but that shouldn't stop you from looking. Don't worry, Katie, I will not be looking. (laughs) Truthfully, not all of our campus stories are myths. Uh, There actually are some campus legends that you'll most likely encounter during your time in Ann Arbor. Uh, Mark, what are some of these campus legends that are a little bit more lively than our ghost stories? I can't guarantee that this first one is actually a living legend, uh, because we have no idea who he is or where he came from, or if his claim that he is 394 years old is true. But if the weather's nice and the spirits are high around Ann Arbor, chances are that you'll stumble across a fancy werewolf playing the violin on a street corner downtown. 
throw a few coins into his chip jar, just to make sure they're not silver. Now we have Billy Magic, the magic man from the Michigan Transportation Musical. You'll see him during orientation via video, but keep an eye out when on the blue buses. Rumor has it that he rides Bursley Bates to this day. And finally, we have Reggie the Campus Corgi. How can something only one and a half feet tall spark so much joy? Look no further than Reggie the Campus Corgi. Reggie's an unofficial symbol of puppy love here at U of M. His floofy fur and goofy smile brings joy to all Michigan students who cross his path. Some are even lucky enough to provide Reggie with a treat for all of his hard work. I've actually, I've met Reggie and been on his social media on three separate occasions, so I feel like that puts me at like a pretty high, a pretty high social standing here. Reggie is quite possibly the most elusive member of Michigan's community, and I definitely consider anyone who has met him to basically be royalty. Absolutely check out his social media pages to see all the students and people around campus that he's met over the years. If you look hard enough, you might even find my brief moment of fame with some of my tour guide colleagues. And I'm putting this in the record now that Katie considers me royalty and I will remember that. Now that I'm done reliving my glory days, um, I wanted to remind y'all to join us back here next week to talk about some more myths. But instead of just some storytelling, we'll be dispelling myths about move-in day and the first time you'll meet your roommate. As always, you can check out Enrollment Connect for more chances to talk to current students about life at Michigan. And we'll talk to you all again soon. And until then, go blue. so much for tuning into this week's episode of the leaders and best podcast make sure to check out our next episode posted on friday to stay informed on admission information follow us on instagram and twitter at umichadmissions or university of michigan admissions on facebook and connect with us for all things michigan at u of michigan on instagram umich on twitter and university of michigan on facebook use the hashtag victors 2025 to stay connected with us if you have any questions about the podcast email us at campusday at umich.edu with podcast in the subject line Till next time, go blue.